Welcome to Kyperion Commentary Podcast. I'm your host, Yuri Brito. And on this episode, we hear from Mr. Jared Ritchie. Jared is a teacher, a musician. And on this episode, he's going to give us a bit of an in-depth look into the great reformational anthem, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Hope you enjoy this special episode. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Most people need little or no introduction to this tune if you've grown up in the church, or frankly to the singer, uh, Steve Green. But unless you specifically grew up in the Lutheran Church, it may come as a surprise to you, as it did to me several years ago, that this hymn has had a transformation over time. I'm Jared Ritchie. The German composer and reformer and pastor, Martin Luther, known very well to us, likely composed this tune around 1527 or 1529, just 10 years or so after he famously nailed his 95 theses on the cathedral door there in Wittenberg, Germany. And bear in mind that in Luther's Germany, the sounds, the rhythms, the harmony combinations that were available to him and the instruments known not yet to him as we know today would have made the sound of his hymn, Ein Festeburg ist unser Gott, quite different. It's possible that it would have sounded like this. jumped out to me the first time I heard this is that it's more rhythmic. It's more, you could even say, syncopated than we are used to in hymns, uh, both in this tune and in other hymns today. Allow me to demonstrate a little bit what I mean. So that was Luther's rhythm and tune played on the piano. Uh, Here's what we hear more often today. Now that one is more fluid, more maybe majestic, more connected, you would say. But the first one is more rhythmic, more syncopated in the melody. Now, to better understand this, we have to fast forward about 200 years or so, roughly around 1723, some would even argue 1728 uh, to 1731, still in Germany, to the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. Bach did what he did often in his cantatas, which is take pre-existing hymn tunes and other melodies and intersplice that with the scripture readings for that time during the church year. And he came up with this Reformation Sunday cantata 
that he wrote. It would be his Einfesteburg ist unser Gott, Cantata 80. And he adjusted the melody and made it what we now know it today as. A trusty shield and weapon, very majestically put together by Bach for the congregation to sing at the end in a very even and grand orchestrated way. It's more fluid than the rhythmic and syncopated version that Luther penned. But even more than that, uh, eventually when it was brought into English, it was brought into a very uh, close uh, rhythmic German to English translation. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. Many Lutherans learned this tune. Uh, it wasn't until later, 1853, that Frederick Hedge penned a more poetic uh, version that we have heard a lot. We heard at the beginning, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. But that's not as close to the uh, actual German wording that Luther penned. Here's a little bit of uh, that in that style, in case you're unfamiliar with that version. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. was the BYU Men's Chorus under the direction of Mac Wilberg. That was a choral arrangement very close to what Luther wrote. It does give you a good idea, even though it has some dynamic contrasts in there and a harmonic ending that's been altered. You get a real sense of how robust and vigorous Luther's tune can be. Um, it, it seems mostly to modern ears and in a church that has sung a lot of music influenced by Bach and influenced in a hymn-writing style that's very even and fluid in the syllables uh, that's different than what Luther knew and what a lot of tunes and a lot of hymns in Luther's day felt like. It's easy to think that that's very choppy and wooden and wouldn't really have a lot of uh, benefit today. But I posit that depending on what church and what your musical uh, circumstances are, both Luther's and Bach's arrangement of this great hymn can be very, very advantageous. It, the temptation would be to pick one or the other and make a value judgment. But I think it would be better and wiser to look at these hymns based on your set of circumstances. So if you're a church with not a lot of instruments and not an ensemble, maybe you've got a piano, maybe you have a small organ, of course uh, Luther's version is going to be a little more... Um, conducive to congregational singing. By that I mean it's more speech-driven. It's more like we speak. It's a little bit more rhythmic, uh, a little bit more percussive in the room. 
But if you're a larger scale church with a medium or large orchestra or an ensemble of strings and winds or horns or even a very, very nice organ, uh, the fluidity of Bach's arrangement is right where you probably need to be. Um, it may be that this is where, where you're most comfortable. I only would say, uh, keep in mind that the purposes of both of these pieces uh, are, are, are important to consider. So when Bach wrote his arrangement in his Cantata 80, he wrote it for a service in the Lutheran Church, but the way he wrote it was for the congregation to sing with a large, um, accompanied, glorified ending, where it was simplified and made to sound uh, very, very adorned, but not in the voices, but with the accompaniment. So if you don't have that, then the Bach version uh, can be fine, but maybe you should give every now and then or every other time you sing it, maybe we should give uh, some more uh, opportunities for the Luther version. I'm ready. 